Our reading this evening is Ruth chapter 2. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping, and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, she also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I worked today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with, this young, with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And she lived with her mother-in-law. O Lord, have mercy on us. 
Thanks be to God. The responsory is on page 230. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ruth is a short book, and now we're two chapters in, halfway to the end. It's worth repeating a few of the things that we heard from Ruth chapter 1 to set the scene. The first chapter of Ruth was really a setup for everything that comes later. And the question at the end of Ruth chapter 1 is this. Will there be bread in Bethlehem? Bethlehem, the city of Judah, that is named House of Bread. Will there be bread there? Naomi had left Bethlehem with her husband Elimelech when there was a famine in the land, and they went to the land of Moab. And there Elimelech died, leaving Naomi a widow. But she had two sons, and they married Moabite women. But in the course of time, over their ten years living there, Naomi's two sons died. So now Naomi was left with her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, neither of whom were Israelite women. They were Moabite women. Well, when they heard that there was bread in Bethlehem, they decided to go back. The famine had ended. And so Naomi made her journey back, but she said to her daughters-in-law, you go back to your homes, find a husband there. You'll never find a husband with me. Orpah went back, but Ruth clung to Naomi. She stuck with her and said, your home will be my home. Your bed will be my bed. Your land will be my land. Your life will be my life. Your grave will be my grave. That's what she said. She was sticking with Naomi unto death. And in being willing to do that, Ruth was really exhibiting some of the faithfulness that God shows to his people. She's a shadow at this point already, a shadow of God's faithfulness, clinging to us even unto death. But here's the question. When Naomi goes back to Bethlehem, she finds herself empty. She had left with a husband and two sons, and now she has none of them. What she has is a daughter-in-law, Ruth, but she says to the people who recognize her, stop calling me Naomi, which means pleasant, and instead call me Marah, bitter. For I left this place full, and I have come back now empty, and the question is, will there be bread in Bethlehem? Or more generally, here's the question, will the curses... Will the curses of sin prevail? Will the fruitlessness of the land overtake a faithful woman like Naomi? Will the fruitlessness of her womb bear her down? That's the question. And we begin to see some of the answer at the end of the first chapter when they arrive back in Bethlehem and it was the time of the barley harvest. Now there's some hope. The famine is over. It's the barley harvest. But still, here's this question is that bread for them? It's somebody else's barley. It's somebody else's harvest. It's somebody else's bread. Why should they hope? In fact, this note at the beginning of the second chapter gives us some important information, but without any hope. There was a man, a relative of the family, one of the relatives of Elimelech, who was there in Bethlehem, but why should they expect him to show them any mercy? He was a worthy man, and his name was Boaz. Really, that word worthy is much bigger than just a simple word like worthy. It means something much more like a mighty man of valor and strength. Boaz was a mighty man in the legacy of the mighty men who had come before, the mighty men who were at the time of the flood, or the mighty man Nimrod, who was a hunter who sought the name of the Lord, or like Saul and David were mighty men. Boaz was a mighty man. Why should they expect such a mighty man as that? To care for them. The problem with being a redeemer, 
is that if you take someone into your home who has trouble, you inherit all of their trouble. So if Boaz were to look in kindness on Naomi and Ruth, he would receive from them all of their curses and all of their afflictions. Why would they expect him to do that? He's a mighty man. But we already at the beginning of this chapter begin to see how his might is displayed. When he comes out into the field to check on his workers, he greets them with this marvelous greeting, the Lord be with you. And they, evidently being in good favor with their master, reply, the Lord bless you. What a salutary greeting. What a faithful greeting. Evidently, his might is not just flexing his muscles, but it is in faithfulness to his God. Things are looking good for Boaz. Now, Ruth had gone out into the field to glean. There was a rule, a law that God gave to his people to provide for the poor among them. And that was when harvest time came, the reapers were not to reap all the way to the edge of the field. They were to leave some rows along the edge of the field so that the poor could come and gather what was left. And as they were gathering any of the grain from the rest of the field, if they dropped any on the ground, they were not to bend down and pick it up. They were to leave it behind so that the poor could come and gather it. So Ruth says to Naomi, I'm going to go and glean. Maybe we will get some bread. Maybe, in fact, Bethlehem will be a house of bread for us. But it's a risky thing. It's a risky thing being poor and begging. There's always the chance that you'll receive scorn and reproach. That even as you're just looking for a crumb to fall from someone's table, you'll be treated with disdain. And that is the risk that that Ruth faced in going out into the fields. But notice this. She happened to come to the right field. It just so happened that she came to the field of Boaz where she found great favor. All of his young men who were reaping, they were kind to her. They said, sure, you can come along and follow us in the fields. And when Boaz came and saw her, he showed her extraordinary favor. He said to her, look, you can have more, more and more. Just keep gathering. Stay here. Don't go to any other field. This is the field for you here. You will receive everything that you need. Ruth marvels. Why should he show her this kindness? He asks, she asks him. And he says, I've heard about how you were towards your mother-in-law. How you didn't abandon her. How you didn't leave her. How you stayed with her. How you swore faithfulness to her. Because, Boaz observes, because you have taken refuge in the Lord. Boaz says, because you've trusted in God, you have found favor in my eyes. And Ruth marvels. She sits down to a meal with Boaz and he invites her to come close. And he shares with her food and drink. And she ate until she was satisfied. And then she had some left over. Which, if you have ears tuned to the New Testament, sounds just like when Jesus feeds the multitudes. 5,000 with a few fish and a few loaves. He hands out the bread and the fish and there's more left over than what they began with. After everyone was filled, that's how it is for Ruth. She came to this field expecting, hoping to find some crumbs. And here she has been filled to the full and even more left over. And then Boaz gives instructions. Leave some extra behind for her. As you're going along, drop some out of your bags so that she can pick it up. So she returns home with an ephah of barley, which is a lot. It's about, it's about three quarters of a bushel of barley, 30 pounds of barley from one day's gleaning. She was rich with the bread of Bethlehem. Now, Naomi doesn't know anything of what has happened. When Ruth returns home, Naomi is, is incredulous. 
She can't believe that Ruth has received such favor. And so she says, blessed be the man who took such good care of you. And when Ruth explains that this is Boaz, the relative of Naomi, the relative of Elimelech, Naomi praises the Lord. This man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. All of a sudden, there's a glimmer of hope. You see, it's one thing to have bread in Bethlehem. It's another thing entirely to have bread for Ruth and Naomi. And it is another thing entirely altogether to have someone to provide continually bread for them in the future, to keep them fruitful, to keep them alive, to make them abound. And that is the faint glimmer of a hope which now shines, this light just sort of flickering. This man is a redeemer. But there's a lot that has to happen, and there's a lot that is yet to be seen. After all, the kind of mercy that he would show to them in redeeming Ruth and Naomi, the kind of mercy would be costly. It would not be easy for him to do. Why should they expect that? Why should they expect him to be so kind? It's one thing for him to give her some extra grain, but it'd be another thing entirely for him to take Ruth under his wing. Will he do it? That's the question. That's the question. Not only will there be bread in Bethlehem, but will there be a future for Ruth and Naomi? No doubt you can guess the end of the story, even if you've never read it. You can guess the end of the story, but we're left with this question because it is our question as well. Halfway through the book, halfway through our lives, at any point in our lives, here is the question. Is there a future and is there a hope? We have seen our Redeemer. We know what he looks like. He is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Not to give us bread, earthly bread, to fill our bellies, but to give us bread from heaven to satisfy our souls, to forgive our sins, and give us eternal life. He's given us such good things. Will he remain faithful? Will he do it unto the end? Will he redeem us? In fact, the answer is yes. The proof is on the cross, where he spares no expense, where no cost was too great to give us a future and a hope, to give us bread that satisfies, to give us water to drink so that we will never grow thirsty again, to give us eternal life welling up into heaven. It cost him everything, and he did it. This book, this story of Ruth and Boaz, is a brilliant picture. It's a brilliant foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do on the cross. It shows us the pattern that God has imprinted on the world. For from the beginning, from the beginning, he said that he would do it. That he would save us from our sins in spite of the cost. He said to the serpent, there will come an offspring, a child of Eve who will crush your head even though you bite his heel. Despite the cost, he loved us. Despite the cost, we have found favor in his eyes. Let us rejoice. Like Ruth and Naomi, let us say, Blessed be the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken either the living or the dead. Even though we die, yet shall we live. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.